Happy Sunday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. I'm back from the Baja, and I apologize for getting this podcast out late, but you're getting a podcast anyway. On this week's podcast, I interview Claus Missing. Claus Missing I met back in 2014 at EBI6 at the Cowlick Dinner. Uh, we casually had some conversations and shot the breeze for a little bit, and just a few weeks ago, my friend... Rich Craig reaches out to me and says, hey, are you going to be in town? Claus is coming back through on his vacation. He's going to be in Vegas. He wanted to come by, check out your stuff, and sit down and shoot the breeze. And I thought, perfect, let's get him down here for a podcast. Now, Claus is the guy that is an administrator on the Hebmuller Registry website and also Carmen1952.de website, which is a website dedicated specifically to early split convertibles. Um, Claus has been in the vintage convertible and Heb Mueller scene for 20 years and he's been heavily involved with the research, uh, contacting the family, getting all kinds of archives and documents together. The website's absolutely fantastic so I suggest you guys get out there, check out the websites uh, as you listen to the podcast. It's just fascinating history for early Volkswagen stuff. So the Carmen convertible website is Carmen1952.de and the Heb Mueller Registry website is hebmuller-registry.com. So if you click on these sites as you listen to this podcast, you'll be able to follow along. If those are too difficult to find out, go down to the show notes, click. I'll have the links for you there, but enjoy this podcast. Also, if you like this podcast and you love this type of topic, reach out to the rest of your friends that are into Volkswagens, share the podcast, have them go like and subscribe. Go to our YouTube page. Don't forget, we also have a YouTube page. There'll be more content coming out on our YouTube page shortly. And don't forget, we're going to be doing a giveaway bug this year. So we haven't forgot about you. There's lots of information to get out here kicking around. If you like the podcast and you want to support, go to letstalkdubs.com. Click on our store, buy some merch, support the podcast. So on to this episode, classic vintage stuff, our first international guest and our first vintage podcast. Let's get ready for some Hebbuler talk with Claus Missing from Dusseldorf, Germany on Let's Talk Dubs. everybody on today's podcast uh it's a pretty special event this is our very first international guest uh, we know the podcast goes worldwide to double being our first international guest this is also our very first vintage special and not only is it vintage special we're not just talking about oval windows or you know early buses or this or that we're getting really we're getting really deep into coach built volkswagens and we're doing this today i've got Claus Missing from Dusseldorf, Germany, of the uh, Hebmuller Registry website. He's the guy that's put on the Hebmuller Registry website and also uh, the Carmen uh, Registry website. So he's put a lot of effort into this. And over the past few years, he's been really involved in that scene, along with a lot of other people uh, across the world that are specifically in this. So, Claus, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Bill. Nice to be here. So we met a few years ago. It has to be uh, EBI six, yeah, at the Cow Look dinner. I think yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, 
And uh, we were there, and you're mostly into stock vehicles, original, specifically the Hebmullers, which we're going to get into that right now. We've been hanging out for a few minutes today, a couple hours. You called me. You're in town. Our friend Rich Craig connected us because yes. all, all VW people. So this is worldwide. If you're going to a city, reach out to a friend you have on Facebook and see if you can't arrange a time to connect and just hang out because I've done this several times when I've gone to, when I've gone to Europe. Uh, I've met people in Belgium and in Germany, and it always makes the experience that much better because VW enthusiasts are the same throughout the world. You would agree? That's correct. Yeah, we are we are one family. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. So let's talk about. You've got a collection of a couple of Heb Mueller's, uh, a few buses, and some things like this. How did you first get into Volkswagens in Germany? How did you, as a kid, how did you get into Volkswagens? Yeah, when I was eighteen or. 17 you th you're thinking about what what kind of car will you have to ever mm -hmm. drive and uh, yeah and it it was very easy for me to choose uh, i i wanted a volkswagen and it was a um, 67 uh, half automatic uh, beetle um, i had fun with it it was really nice and um, i learned uh, car mechanics so i could do many things by myself um, yeah, and, and just a few months later, my, my mom came to me and said, hey, Klaus, we have here an, an older, in the newspapers, an, is another Beetle from 63, just around the corner. Yeah, and then we decided directly to buy it also. <laughs> so you go right from a 67 to a 63. From a 67 to a 63, yeah, the windows were smaller. And yeah, I love the look from old Beetles. I, I, of course, I bought books, uh, special books from Volkswagens. And then you... you come deeply in 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 all, everything and and then and, and you know what what is happening or what is common what the, what have they done yeah, and so on you get these books and you think like wow i've got this really old 63 beetle and you you open the door into history and you start looking yes and then you see the oval windows you thought your you thought your small window 63 was rare yeah. and then you <laughs> saw course. they had smaller yeah. windows and smaller windows and so for you back then to think one day in the future you'll have a head mueller that's a long ways away i mean it's something that Maybe you never thought you would have a Heb Mueller. Yes, of course, I never thought that because they are rare. And uh, also in the in the late 80s, uh, yeah, they were not on every corner to buy. And your obsession with like the early coach-built cars starts not with a Heb Mueller, but with a, with a Carmen convertible, right? Yes, of course. Um, so how do you get the Carmen convertible? How does that come into your life? Yeah, a friend of mine in Düsseldorf, he, he bought it in South Germany. It's a, it was a 52 um, split convertible, not restored mm -hmm. in original paint, and, but in very poor condition. Um, yeah, and, and I... Uh, How old are you at this time? I was 19, yeah. 19? I was 19. I bought it. My, my parents gave me the money for it. It was 10,000 marks. And how complete was this car? It was, it was really complete. Um, Older restoration? No, it was untouched. It was a original? original paint car, very rusty. So I just, just so our listeners are clear on that, for 10,000 marks, you bought a, a split convertible. Yes, in, 19, <laughs> in 1990, yeah, it was 1990, yeah. And people probably thought in 1990, it's, it's the the hot rod vw phase everybody's custom not a lot of guys your age are doing vintage like all yeah, original restored we we were from the vintage uh, fraction we say uh, we the are faction uh, the separate yes group. yes yeah. we have a special 
uh, we have a, a special club we, mm -hmm. we are calling uh, Käferfreunde Pendelachse. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and this says that there's no custom. The Pendelachse is, uh, says it's original. But um, yeah, we were young. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and normally young guys are more into hot rodding and custom. What do you think? Why do you think you appreciate like the vintage? Because, you know, me, you and I have been driving around. You have a barn door bus, which goes 50 miles an hour. My bus goes 50 miles an hour in first gear. So yes. we, 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 I mean, we have the difference. It's this, we both love the bus. We both love the look of the bus. What do you think it is about like the original Volkswagen that, the, that makes you want it original, like the factory? Like what, what do you think it is that makes you desire that? Yeah. Yeah, we are, or I'm a perfectionist. I want everything how it was when it came from the factory and I love slow things. I have a busy job. Yeah. yeah. And when I come home uh, on, on the weekend, I don't want to drive a car, which is fast like hell. Okay. Right. I want to come down from my business and um, I love it to drive a really uh, slow car. Yeah. Like it, like in a the purity of, yeah. and the simplicity, is that what it is for the, yes. for you? For me, I, you know, with my buses, it's more, I want the, like, I want more of like the shock factor. Like, look at this bus. Wait a second. I can't pass this bus. He won't, you know, like for me, it's more of the, like the underdog version. Like here's this weak little Volkswagen. Wait, why is he so strong? Why is it so fast? Like that's, that's my desire to surprise people yeah. or to do that. But from your standpoint, you appreciate the, the originality, the engineering, the design that went into it and, and the uniqueness, because as we're going to get into in this podcast, in these factories, things were starting as prototypes back then. So let's talk about the 51, the 51 convertible. Uh, 52, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, 52. <laughs> but the first year for the Volkswagen convertible is what? 1949? The first Carmen were built in 49, yeah. So the first Carmen convertibles were built in 1949. Yes, as a four-seater, it, it was... Uh, um, uh, they were not the first convertibles on the market. A few months before, um, Hepmuller um, presented the two-seater convertible. And so just for our listeners that you're, you're getting this education in history, Volkswagen at the time did not make a convertible. They, they reached out to Carmen and to Hebmuller, which were specialists, and they were special coach builders, coach yeah. builders that would custom modify anything. And their specialty was mostly making convertibles, like convertible cars, or was it, did it vary? They were just more craftsmen than production. Is that the difference? Yeah, they were metal specialists, yeah. They, they not only built convertibles, um, but um, Volkswagen was not, uh, they, they couldn't build convertibles by themselves. It didn't make sense for them from a production standpoint. From, yes, because very low un, uh, units were right. built. Yeah, the first, uh, um, yeah, Hepmuller got, got uh, 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 an order from Volkswagen about from, from 2,000 cars. And the first common uh, uh, order was about 4,000 cars. So Volkswagen, now this starts because at the auto show, the Geneva Auto Show, Volkswagen shows a convertible. Is this correct? 
Yeah, they showed uh, uh, the two-seater from Hetmüller, yes. So the very first convertible shown at an auto show that has the Volkswagen badge on it is a Hetmüller. Yes, it was in March 1949. So March 49. In Switzerland, yes. And Volkswagen probably, I'm assuming they do this at this time to see, well, we'll put a convertible, we'll make one custom. If if we have orders, we'll make a convertible. Is is that where... I'm, I'm assuming that's the reason that they did it, to, to show another option for the Volkswagen Beetle. Yes, of course, because um, many people, people um, had the money to buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was extremely, it was very expensive for that time. Uh, the Hetmüller the was about 7,500 German marks. So let's put everything in perspective. A, f- a standard Beetle is how much money in 1949? I don't know the correct, but I think it was about 4,000 marks. So 4,000 marks. Yeah. And then the convert, the Hebmuller cost how much? 7,500 to 8,000 German marks, yeah. And then how much was a Carmen? Carmen was uh, a little bit cheaper because they maybe they had a better production line. More efficient, yes, more efficiency yes, in their yes, production. Yes, of course. And so they could offer it for less money. Yes. And then... Maybe that that could possibly be the reason why Volkswagen said we want to be able to a make more profit and we can sell it with more profit through Carmen, and there was maybe a greater demand for because Volkswagen was known in the U.S. as an economy car. You want inexpensive, get a Volkswagen. Volkswagens new here, the mid '60s were eighteen hundred dollars, brand new. The coach built the I mean they're both coach built to the Carmen and the Hebmuller, but the Hebmuller. Being that much more money, you're gonna. It's it's more a wealthier person's going to buy it, and they're buying it because the Beetle is the new cool thing. But they have the extra special one, the two seat Roadster. Yes, of course, and they had a special uh, construction. They could uh, when they put down the roof, it mm-hmm. was completely in the car. That's the key. The difference between the 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 Carmen convertible and the and the Hebmuller was. When you put the top down on the Hebmuller, it's gone. Yes, it's completely gone. Yeah, doesn't block the rear view, and it's more custom. Now there was, uh, did that car have a side jump seat in it too, like a third seat in the back, or like yes. a child seat? They had not so much space because the roof mechanism was in the back, mm-hmm. um, and then they had a, a seat. Yes, uh, you can flip it up and down for suitcases or two kids. Yeah. The history now, because you've spent so much time working on and researching the Hebmullers, you go through the process to restore your your Carmen convertible. How long does that take you to, to to restore it back to original? How many years do you work on that car? Yeah, I worked about twelve years on it. And in the nineties, how much information was available on that to to research to find correct fabrics and colors and production numbers and glass and all these things? How much information was available? Yeah, not not so much. I um, I'm a member of the Britzel Fenstervereinigung in Germany. That's mm-hmm. where I had many informations from. Yeah, many parts I had to build by myself, like the wood parts for the roof. Really? Yeah. Um, you had original ones to go off of. Yes, we the, the old the old so stuff was there. And they were just cracked and they broken. were cracked and nailed and broken and yeah. So and now, did you? have it did you remanufacture it exactly like it was originally yes of course <laughs> really yeah because i've seen some of them where they're where they're like finger grooved together yeah they finger groove the blocks and then they then yeah they that's correct that's, that's correct 
So you went through that process to do, to make your header bows and all that stuff. I, I made it with a friend. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, it's pretty intense for a 19, 20 year old kid to be doing that <laughs> in his early twenties. Yeah. I mean, you, you had not, not, we have not the chance to buy it somewhere. So you, you must, yeah. So I, you've got I'm a mechanic and, and I, I we make it. Yeah. And so that car, you go through the whole process, you rebuild everything on the car front to back. Yeah, we, we made the, the welding job. Um, I worked also at the paint shop when it was ready for painting I, uh, for three months and working in the, in the paint shop. When so I, you did everything on that car? Yeah, 80%, yeah. And so for our listeners that are listening right now, you can follow along right now. It's about everything we're talking about. A lot of the cars we're talking about are actually on the website. Now, the Hebmuller website is hebmuller-registry.com. What's the address for the Carmen site? Yeah, the common site is um, common1952.de. Yeah. Yeah, and this was uh, my first website I started in, um, yeah, in 2000 with uh, the registries, uh, both together on this website, the Hepler registry, and also the split convertibles as a common type 15 registry. Also, we have the police convertibles type 18 on this website, very rare cars also. Yeah, and uh, for my friend Klaus Hepmuller, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I made a new website, which is called just Hepmuller Registry. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't, he don't want to be on, on one website with Carmen. So although people kind of uh, associate them both as coach builders, these guys were, were competitors back in the early 50s. So maybe even still today, there's a little bit of a little bit of not great feelings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when it's a family business, when the Hebmuller is a family business, and you are fighting David versus Goliath, this big company called Carmen, right? Because Carmen was a pretty good sized factory back then. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Much bigger than Hebmuller. Much more bigger. Yeah. Give me a comparison. Hebmuller was how many employees? Carmen, how many roughly? I mean, if you. Yeah, uh, Hepler was about 250 employees. That big? Yeah, I mean, it was it was quite big, yes. Because Hebmuller was Hebmuller worked not just for Volkswagen, Hebmuller worked for a lot of different companies. Yeah, it was a typical coach build in Germany, so all the uh, car producers can went to him to to Hebmuller and said, "Hey, please build us 150 cars with uh, a sunroof." So they gave them their uh, yeah, they their bodies. They give them the chassis. They, and they made the rest. Yes. Wow. And these guys are master metal workers that we're talking back then. I mean, if you're going to take a car, I mean, they would do steel sliding sunroofs, steel electric sunroofs, and things like that. Back then, a lot of them were cloth sunroofs, but eventually, some of these companies. I know Carmen. I know Carmen in the early '50s did. Uh, the Gia had electric sunroof, right? Yes. And yeah. the Type 34 gear as yeah. well. So, yeah, and uh, Hetmuller had a lot of uh, customers um, like uh, Mercedes, um, Buick. The oldest known coach-built car from Hetmuller is an old Buick from 1928. It's all in the registry. And um, when you visit on the website, you see you have a nice filter there to... Um, yeah, to yeah, see all a, the cars they have made. And it, it is a it's a it's a pretty awesome website. Um, the website they have is is like a dealer based website that's got drop down windows that you can actually search the Hebmuller registry for any type of whatever cars that they made, and you can find out the location of the cars, what the quantity of those cars are. You can sort them by color, by by uh, it looks like 
uh, condition. You can sort them by condition. Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that's pretty intense if you can search all the Hebmullers and see which ones are, are, are condition fives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. And, and we, we try. We have, we have a team, uh, the registry team. Um, we have involved all guys who have ever um, collected information for Hebmuller. We begin with the founder, Bob Shale from England. He is in our boat again. Um, Bob Shale from, uh, sorry, um, Bob Gilmore from uh, Phoenix, Arizona. He had the registry all after Bob Shale. Um, Peter Schepens from Sweden. Um, many, many guys are there and we, we collect everything and we, we hunt for numbers. So and when a Hetmiller owner has a car without body number or so and he wants to know the number, we try to find it. And there's and there's a lot, and, and we're going to get in on some of the breaking down some of the numbers on that in a little bit. Um, so now you you have your convertible, your 1951. I'm going to ask you this question: on your Carmen convertible, 52, it is. Yeah. On your Carmen convertible, in hindsight, would you have left it alone, all original, or would you have restored it <laughs> today? Looking today, today backwards. Ah. Uh. <clears throat> I, I would leave it original. Was it not, yeah. was it very nice original, like worth leaving original? Yeah, it, I, it is really nice. It's in in a very good condition, and I, I learned in my life that the the cars which are completely restored to highest level, mm -hmm. they don't make fun to drive. Yeah, you you always think, the, oh, missed, uh, oh shit, my right, <laughs> so the dirt or, or it's or raining or, or something rain. yeah the most fun are cars um which have a nice patina mm -hmm. or are original cars with first paint and that's the trend and there are many collectors who love those cars yeah. well they they say it and uh um you know it's it's only original once you know so and it's part of the original life of that car You know, because yeah. sometimes we look at a car that we tear apart, we we, we kind of rebirth the car from beginning, take it back to brand new, and then we're now back, set the odometer to zero, and now we start from brand new. And I totally understand what you're saying about cars that are original because they are, it's a lot more relaxing to drive them because you're in that car's current history of where it is today. Wow, yeah. that's a, you've got quite a few Carmen, uh, or quite a few numbers there. Now, what's the... I'm going to ask you the 14 on the on the serial number designation. What is the 14 on there? Yeah, the 14 numbers um, are called body number. Mm -hmm. So uh, Hepmuller stamped in the front the body numbers. So uh, they started with uh, number one. Mm -hmm. And uh, the oldest known or the, the lowest number we have is number five. Um, and they had other several other numbers in the in this car um, called aufbauen number aufbauen mm -hmm. number was when they produce a carrosserai um, and that's the production sequence like it's not the it's not they might have body number yeah. one but body number two may have been finished first so yes they they have the 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 14 number is how they left the factory mm -hmm. so and but before they stamped the 14 number in it they had a a sign with the aufbauen number. So mm -hmm. when they produce um, a carrosserie, just the metal work, it gets the uh, following numbers since the 50s or when they made it. Uh, as, as an example, it's uh, uh, 19,505. Mm -hmm. And after that, 
1402 means it's 1900 or 19 19,505 carrosserie and built on the 14th of February in 1949 so the date is also in this number so the dates actually kind of hidden in the in the number most people wouldn't know that if they didn't know how to read the number but so it may be car number six but if car number six is produced in February 14th and then car number five is produced February 3rd, February 28th, then car number six is actually older than car number five. Yes, that's, that's, yeah, we have this case with the um, lowest uh, or the oldest known body numbers. It's number five and number seven. Hepmüller number seven is older from the carrosserie than number five. Really? And who owns number seven? Do we uh, know? Number number seven is a nice guy here from the USA. <laughs> oh, is it? Uh, we don't talk about we, the owners. We don't, we don't talk about the owners. Yeah. So, and the guy who owns number five thought he had the oldest car, and now he doesn't, and it's, it makes him a little bit crazy. Uh, yeah, no, it's he can say he has the lowest body number, lowest okay. body number, but <laughs> but oldest production. But and what's the difference in time between body number seven, and body number five? Like, how many cars were was Heb Mueller producing at the time? What was out of the 700 cars, that was over how many years? Yeah, they started in 1949, and the first models were really handmade. And, and, and when you look at those cars and at the untouched bodywork, you see it. It's handmade. And, like, the left and right side might be a little bit different? Or yeah, yeah, you see, um, yeah, there are, you can see difference um, and, and, and also the quality the quality uh, it was it was no serial production at that time. So at this and you were saying earlier that Volkswagen had given Hebmuller an order for two thousand cars. So yeah. Hebmuller, small smaller company than Carmen, Carmen gets yeah. an order for two thousand cars. That could be pretty overwhelming for a small factory. So they get the order for two thousand cars, and so they got to get to production right away. So the first production until they tool up to be able to stamp things, they start doing things by hand. Correct, in the beginning. And that's why as you go further into production, they start to streamline some of the process because whether they may, may have pre-made panels versus handmade panels, is that the difference? Or what what is the difference between handmade early and later production? Yeah, as an example, the, the, the engine uh, the engine hood. Yeah, mm -hmm. the first cars um, had a engine deck lid made out of three metal pieces. They couldn't press in one piece those metal, metal mm -hmm. or those those large uh, uh, um, deglet, mm -hmm. the deglet. So they welded it together, yeah. And so you s and we we know that they made it till car number one hundred. Oh wow! And this uh, when they produced number one hundred, uh, this was uh, it was about June forty nine when they had a fire in the paint shop. Yeah, the the, the factory burned mm -hmm. down. So, so this is a big misnomer that people yeah. have, that people say they only produced 700 Hebmullers because there was a fire in the factory, but that's not true. No, that's not true. They um, So at car number 100 of the 700, there was a fire in the, in the paint shop. There was a fire in the paint shop. They still produced 600 cars after this. Of course. And over, over how much time was this? How many years the next 600 cars are produced? They were all built in 1950. That's a lot of cars. So, so they, um, 
after the fire they uh, built new new uh, factory halls they got a press from Zippelkamp. it's a big um, yeah press, press manufacturer press manufacturer and and from 100 they pressed the uh, hoods in one piece so the first 100 it takes a long time to produce those cars the next 600 they produce in one year's time yeah yeah very quick that's an incredible very turnaround. very very quick and um, and after after the 700 cars they um, they had other manufacturers like DKV um, yeah Mercedes uh, they they, they, they did made some stuff for Opel yeah. you were saying they did Opel uh, for Ford and they also did um, we talked earlier about the front engine air-cooled the Matador truck yes they they um, Got got many cars from Matador to um, to made a yeah a workshop car from it. They installed uh, cupboards and uh, everything in it for the German border um, control. So like Bundesgrenzschutz, Bundesgrenzschutz, we say yeah. So the the Matador pickup truck that we see that was designed that was designed as a border patrol vehicle, all of them, or just because mm. you have the Matador. Um, the Tempo. Tempo, yeah. So the Tempo, how many of those were produced? I don't have the you're still, correct. You're still uh, gathering information. Yeah, the the <laughs> we we um, I'm coming just from the Volkswagen uh, sure. scene, yeah, and and um, but the engine in that is Volkswagen, is it? In the Matador, could be. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. I mean, you don't specialize in the in the matadors. That's a whole other no, world. No, no, no. We we put everything together in this on this website on this Hepmüller registry site. My friend Klaus Hepmüller, he lives around the corner uh, in in near Düsseldorf, and uh, we decided to throw to to not not to show only the Volkswagens, but yeah? to show the, all the, the Hepmüller family has a lot of uh, cars collected um, um, in their own carrosserie registry so mm -hmm. we put all the other brands into this new registry so everybody can see temple matadors we have we have also matadors with a camping um, um, interior in it oh, wow. also made by Hebmuller. yeah so now let's let's keep talking about some Hebmuller history so Hebmuller gets a co gets a contract volkswagens they only produce 700 why do they only produce 700 they, they, the first, the first um, order was 700 cars. The so the first, first order, yes. 700 cars. And it was, it was, it would be, it, it was easy for Volkswagen to give them a new, a new uh, order, but they didn't do it. So, do we they, know why they didn't do it? I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Klaus Hetmüller also don't know why. Um, the reason why Hetmüller. Um, was away from the market mm -hmm. uh, or get back bankrupt or what do we say here? Yeah, bankrupt. Bankrupt, yes. Um, the, the, they had full books from other uh, manufacturers. Yeah. And um, their own bank, they didn't want to give them money. And so they, um, they had to go. Uh, and it was the end from, from Hebmuller then, yes. So, is, is so what ends up putting Hebmuller out of business is their bank will not loan them money anymore to continue building cars. Yes, that's that's it's correct, yeah. Because the way that works with the dealership is they put out the money, they pay the employees, yeah, they, they put had out the to work. invest in the new halls, in the in new material and so on. 
um, and they had full books. Yeah, and nobody knows why they didn't get the money. So it could have been political. It could have been who could knows be. who knows what. Yeah, it yeah. was not so. Uh, Klaus told me that, uh, is that he's still pissed off of it. <laughs> and he said, and, and now Klaus is the is the grandson of the founder of Fab of Fjord of Fabula, Yes. And how old is he when the he's, factory goes out of business? Well, how old is he now? He's uh, eighty-five years so old. So he's just—he's young. He's a teenager working there at the at the factory. Yes. With his grandfather. Yeah. And that's the family business. Everybody's working there. And then, well, guys, the bank's not going to give us any more money, so we're going to. So what? The, what happens to the family after that? What is? What does Klaus Hebmuller end up doing after that? Yeah, he, he worked a long time in the States uh, here. And um, yeah, they have all, he has three sons. They have all nice business. Uh, in Germany or here in the States? In Germany, inclusive shops in the States. Uh, oh. Axel Hedmiller uh, is selling um, special valves to the um, airplane industry. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Frank Hedmiller is a, uh, makes a special yeah, he produces brew, brew, brew tech, technique for beer to make beer. Yeah, brew. Brew, brew. techniques. Yeah, yeah, also with valves. No, they have, they have all good jobs. and. Um, but that was the end of the Hebmuller line for coach building. Yeah, in 1952 was, was the end. It was the end, yes. Wow, and when did, and they opened, they opened the factory in 18... Something? Yes, in 1889, they 18, start to produce... That's when they produce, started producing uh, stuff. Yeah, um, what does it say? Coaches? Coach, coach, coach builds? Yeah, coaches for, for horses. Oh, carriages. Yeah, like yeah, a horse and carriage. Yes, this, this was their business. And, and um, yeah, suddenly the, the automobile, automobiles are coming with engines and then they start. They just transition right into. In 1915, they start to uh, coach build the, those cars. Yes. Wow. So that's a, that's, that's a pretty good run for, I mean, you're talking you know, almost 60 years they're running as a company for that. And then they go out of business just like that when they get their best account, you know, I mean, Volkswagen at the time had to be a pretty good account to get, you know, the, one of the fastest selling cars at the time and then to get the contract for the convertibles. And then we know what happens with Carmen, right? Carmen just keeps going from there and just goes into crazy production, building convertibles for the next, for the next 50 years after that for Volkswagen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows why they, didn't get another big order. Um, in in 1949, the uh, Swiss um, distributor Amac, mm -hmm. it's it's still the uh, Volkswagen distributor today in Switzerland. He ordered 300 Type 14 Hepmullers, yeah, and they all went to uh, to Switzerland. So of the 600 that were were built, 300 go to Switzerland. Yeah, the other 300 are made. 680, 689 were built, and and. Uh, some um yeah some of the last um, carrosseries which were after the the the, the fire mm -hmm. they were still there and um after the end of Hepmuller, they put those stuff those type 14 bodies to the uh, to to carmen yeah and they that were about 12 carrosseries were there uh, where we're going to osnabrück to carmen and they finished that, that at the type 14 then they built the last 12 pieces so the last 12 hebmullers were actually finished at the carmen factory yes 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 and that was hebmuller did that or volkswagen said you got we got to fill orders 
I th I think that uh, Volkswagen they they wanted after the end they wanted all all what what over from Volkswagen they, they got it back and then they send it to 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 uh, common yeah because theoretically the the way that it works is the car is owned by Volkswagen Volkswagen sends their property to Hebmuller to do the custom building they get their property back and then they deliver fill orders for the dealer so maybe my thought is like some of the places here like for example Celine uh, or Shelby, they buy the car and then send it, you know, owner buys the car and sends it to Shelby to build the car. And so the car is already sold at that time, but these are orders to be filled through Volkswagen dealerships. So that's the reason why after from the fire, you're saying they took the last 12 cars and sent them to Carmen and said, finish these orders. We've got yep. orders to fill. The process of ordering a Hebmuller that was only only available for two years. Is this right? That's right, yeah. Or was it uh, 49? 40, 49 and 1950. 49 and 1950. Mm -hmm. So you could only buy a Hebmuller two years. When you went into the dealership, what was the, was there a special order form for the Hebmuller? Was there options to pick for the Hebmuller? Or it was just you get that? What were the options on a Hebmuller? I think that um, you had not many options. You 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 go in a shop, the car is there, you buy it. Yeah. As so an it was example, pre-built, pre and you bought it as is. An example: the three hundred Amac Habs. Mm -hmm. They they made a a letter on an order. They, they ordered from those three hundred cars um, one hundred fifty in in black, one hundred in black ivory, and fifty in black red. So. That's all. So you so have no paint, wish, nothing. Oh, yeah. So you They went the to Switzerland in the shops. The customer sees it and says, thank you, I want it. And so how many cars have they, from the Swedish cars, how many of those are on the registry of the 300? From the Switzerland cars. So, I'm sorry, Switzerland cars. Would Which you are still in Switzerland or, or what? How many of that production have you been able to track down of the 300? Oh, I I cannot filter that, but that's a good idea to to check yeah, that. But is it is it a certain is it serial number specific, like car number one hundred and fifty to two hundred and fifty or whatever? Yeah, it's it's a, definitely the later the later models, so the later body numbers. So yeah. the last three hundred cars went to I Switzerland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have numbers. We have they have also imported more cars earlier. They had also forty nine. Uh, before they ordered 300 cars, they sold also Hebmullers in Switzerland, so of course. So yeah. we have every body numbers there, but the mo most of them are the later body numbers. Yeah. And so how many of these, out of the registry, how many, how many cars do you have registered right now? Total cars? For we, we have um, Volkswagen, we have 100, about 155 cars. So 155. Which are online. We have also a few cars where the owners don't want that we show them. Mm -hmm. And we, we respect that. We, we also don't talk about owners. Sure. What, well, so one of the cool things about the site, if you go on the site at the Hebmuller Registry, uh, hebmuller-registry.com, you can actually see the cars by serial number and you can look at photographs. If the owners choose to, they can send lots of pictures and you get to see... Uh, you know, up to 50 pictures of the cars if the owner sends that many pictures. I mean, they've set the website up where it's it's like a, it, it's basically a car dealership platform. Obviously, none of these cars are for sale, 
But the nice thing is you can upload lots of photographs and the history of the cars specifically. Um, now, we talked about a coupe, the coupe. Yeah. How many coupes did were, were made? Because Hebmuller made mostly convertibles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Karl-Heinz Hebmuller, it was... Um, Karl Heinz. Karl Heinz Hebmuller <laughs> had... Uh, built his own coupe yeah so if people don't know who carl heinz is tell them who carl heinz uh, is yeah carl, I, I must think um it's yeah it's one of the hepmuller sons mm -hmm. and uh he um in 1949 he um produces his own coupe yeah, one to one car yeah um and after he, um, yeah, he, he was engaged with his wife. Mm -hmm. And so the car uh, was a waste because his, I think the car went to his wife, ex-wife. But the car is still missing. It's, it was there, but it's, it's and, gone. Nobody knows where it is. And was that car in Germany? Yeah, he drove it in, uh, <clears throat> of course, in Wuppertal and in Wolfrat, where they lived. Yeah. So he had that car until he got married, lost it in the divorce. He gave it to her, yes. <laughs> and... No one knows where it is now. Yeah, where the car is now. It would be interesting. I mean, how many? Where are most of these cars? Where's the strangest place that you've seen a Hebmuller found? Oh yeah, it's, it was um, yeah not long ago. Um, a guy from Belgium was in the Swiss Alps and mm -hmm. it was walking in the sunshine through the hills, through the Alps and. Um, I have it also here on my website. Um, yeah, suddenly he saw a rusty car, and uh, yeah, went up on the hill and looked, and it was, it was a Hepmuller. Yeah, it was a Hepmuller which was still in the registry. It's this one that we've seen. Yeah, on the title side, you see it. Yeah, I think I saw it on your Facebook page. You posted yes. this picture on your yeah, Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and it it was a known car, so it's it's number fourteen zero zero five eight one. It was a known car, but it was missed. We, 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 the last pictures we had were from the 80s. So those are the pictures with the metal on the side. So if you're yes. on the website, you can scroll yeah, down yeah, to the bottom yeah, of yeah, the yeah. homepage, and there's a story about it. Now, this car, it's pretty amazing. So how, when, he, when he's – now, this guy lives in Switzerland? Yeah, it was a collector. Um, he had many cars and um what he, makes this collector just leave the car out in the <laughs> yeah he, it was field. a it was a, f a famous uh, and a very nice guy he spent a lot of money in the village and and uh, his his car burned down some days in the 80s or 90s is this car burned down and um so the car the engine caught fire and he just left it there he had this car and it it burned down completely uh, down it was really a, it's, it's really so a wreck and all and the, the pictures i'm seeing here are fire damage yes and the the guys from the village they want to thank him for everything what he has done to the to those this village and then the people put it in his garden um as a as a art pro pro project or uh, really? uh, yeah that he can <laughs> see it every day yeah and 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 this this uh, guy from belgium saw it and 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 put it on in september it was last year in september he put it on the internet yeah and and then uh, it, it just a few hours later the guys were standing at this car because of uh, facebook and Hold so on, on. so the and guy, it was sold the it, guy that's on vacation is not interested in a head mule no he came back home 
and just like, oh, look at this car in the he, in the he, wilderness. Yeah. He's he, he posted some <laughs> pictures in the in the Belgium uh, old timer forum. Yeah, okay. My phone rings also. Yeah, hey Klaus, do you know this car? And I said, no, don't never seen this. And yeah, can you drive to Switzerland? No, I have no time. I must work. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Um, my friend Christian Grundmann. Grundmann, right? He's always <laughs> he, in the mix. He has a, he had connections to. He called a friend in Switzerland and said, "Hey, how how far are you from this village away?" Hold on a second. So so oh, so someone posted the picture of the car in the village. Here's the village, so and so, and look at this car in the garden. Yes. And someone says, "We got to save so. that car." So how long does it take for them from the time the picture is posted to the car is to, to where a deal is struck? Who owns the car at the time? Five to six hours. Within five to six hours, the car is sold. Yes. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. It was very quick. So Christian called his friend and he said, yeah, no problem. I'm only one one hour 50 <laughs> away. I can drive there. Yeah, and then he, he checks the picture, then he's the location, and then the brother of the owner, <laughs> he found him and he asked, can I buy it? And he said, no problem. It's, it's just a wreck. Yeah. yeah. yeah and so... Did they? We won't discuss numbers, but did they buy it for a good price? Yeah, they they bought it for a price. It was okay. Um, Christian, it, he bought it not for himself. He, he gave it to a friend. Um, he uh, always wanted a Hatmiller. Christian has a Hatmiller, so he gave it away to him for the same money what he has uh, spent for it. So this, but this car in this condition, we both know that this car is is a very expensive car to restore properly. Yes, definitely. It's, you're going to put seventy, eighty thousand dollars restoring that car. More, I think more, it's more, more because it's more. especially because of the fire damage. The metal, a lot of, a lot of panels were metal worked. is uh, very um, yeah, during the because of the fire, it's and cannot, so. Which car was which car was this? Is this a February nine car? That's what this is. The day of production's February ninth. Yes, 9th. yes, from from nineteen fifty. Yes. Okay. It's a Amac. It's a and typical that's the, Amac car. The Aufbau number. This is the Aufbau number. Hmm. Here, yeah. This car they find in a and it's so crazy that that the car and and I don't understand because here so here in the states for example. With a Volkswagen, especially early ones, they would get wrecked. And because here, you can see here, we talked about everything. It's the land of plenty here. We have every 10 mm. of everything here. So if you wreck your old Volkswagen bus, you don't even bother fixing it. You just send it to the junkyard. And here they have lots of scrappers. Is it not that way in Switzerland where they don't have a lot of junkyards and things like this? And cars like this just end up sitting in the woods? Because I've seen, I can't tell you how many pictures I've seen or videos of cars coming out of the woods mm. in Switzerland. It seems like it's Switzerland and all those countries where these things just go out in the woods and disappear. They don't have junkyards like we do here or they keep cars for a long time there or what's what's the difference? I think that the most cars, especially Hepmuller, say they are still in by the owners. Yeah. yeah. And um, they have, of course, all, uh, car cemeteries there, but there are no headmillers anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are many old guys who owned such a Type 14A convertible, um, but most of them are gone. They are, yeah, they are now in the whole wide world. <laughs> they are so sold. Now, this car was found because of the internet, because of Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is now. What is the most difficult process you've seen someone go through to get a car before, like you sit on the internet, track it down, you can find it. If someone sees a picture, research the, because like you've had to do a lot of research to get a lot of this information, track down 
original owners, the neighbor of the person who used to live next to the woman, and you get this and that and the other piece. Mm -hmm. What's the length that people have gone through to track cars down that you've seen? It's pretty incredible um, to try to locate or purchase a specific Heb Mueller. Yeah, it's um, it's hard to find a car. I, I always say you must live 10 times to have the chance to say yes to a car, to yeah. a Hebmüller. Um, it's like one, it's, and, it's, and when a car pops up and the price is okay, um, you, yeah, you must directly do something. You must say, okay, thanks, it's my one. You must sit in the car and go. Yeah. yeah? Don't, take, don't, 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 don't think twice. Don't think five minutes over it. It's, yeah. it's gone. Yeah, yeah, you told me some stories about your Hebmüllers that are pretty incredible stories of, of how you how you ended up acquiring yours and just by happenstance of you being involved in the website and the scene and people know you for the cars and yeah my, my first my first car also came from switzerland and um it, it pops suddenly at midnight it pops a, an, an ad or came an ad from and this is guy. before you have a heb mueller yeah my first heb came over a large german platform mobile.de mobile.de it's a large uh, internet site for cars and um that's like the U united states auto trader like yes, every car across yes. the country is on there so and um it, it popped out at midnight i saw the car um yeah and the next morning i decided to call him i was a second caller yeah and i directly say thank you it's mine i'm, I'm coming yeah, I'm, I i've come to Bern. it's in switzerland i'm in seven hours at your door and and because uh, the seller w was a good guy, in the time when I drove there, he had about 50 to 70 uh, phone calls from all over the world really? with much more higher uh, um, uh, prices they wanted to give for the car. Really? And, and, and he was really fair and said, okay, uh, sorry, the there's one. a guy, he's coming, he's in the car, and, and I must wait. I can call you back if you want. So he was actually an honorable guy, wasn't greedy, and just said, you know what, I made a deal with you, I'll sell you the car. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, and how long did he have the car for? Sorry? The, how long did he own the car that he sold you? How long did he own it? Was he the second owner? Yeah, he was the third owner. It was a Volkswagen dealer from uh, Switzerland, and he restored it in 1989. Mm -hmm. And when it finished, he drove with this car um to the f uh, but comeback meeting mm -hmm. um and after the but comeback he he sold it to his friend and and um yeah and his friend passed away in 2011 and uh, the children of this guy uh didn't know what this car is so they went to the restoration guy kurt who made it for, for uh, who restored it and said here come on you you know what it is sell it for us please we don't want it mm -hmm. So and uh, that's maybe also the reason he, he 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 sold it for his friend his dead friend. He was not the the oh, owner. Right. So that's maybe why I have luck that the price didn't get up. Yeah. Yeah, the price didn't go crazy. And then that car, have you left that car the way it is? That that's the car that's unrestored. Yeah, it's it's um, the the um, the car is like it was finished in 1989. And his dead friend, he just drove it for 2,000 miles in his own time. And how accurately restored is that car? Yeah, it's, it was for a early 80s restoration, a perfect restoration. Really? So Kurt Ramsager was in the Volkswagen scene. Um, he was a Volkswagen dealer, so he had 
all the all chances to get rare parts he restored had many nos parts on it yeah and um yeah i i, I made nothing i just put so it it's the best it's the best deal you could ever ask for <laughs> i mean if you if your choice was to get the heb found in the swiss alps or your heb there's no question which you would rather have right no question the, Be, the, the swiss alps heb is really uh, there's a lot of, this lot of this work. guy has years of work ahead of him yeah and you bought it Turn the key and enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yes, right of now. course, yeah. And that's got to be a, an, an excellent feeling. Now, how difficult is it in Europe, places like that, to get like? Did they have a, a paper title for that car when they bought that vehicle, or the or the ownership papers? Or yeah, they it, they they got the papers from the car. Of course, they still have it. They it, have it. Yeah. Is it easy to get that in in Europe? I mean, when you find a car in the woods, things like that. In this case. Um, the yeah. owner had the papers, but but when you when you found a car, um, you can um, yeah, I don't know the correct word a word. Um, well, here they call it a title search. They search yes, for a title. Okay. Yes, and then when the car is not stolen, mm -hmm. so um, they do a VIN check. They may make a check, and when there's uh, when you know, when when somebody or when when nobody uh, says hello, this is my car right, during one year. It's okay. You can make it. You can so restore you have, the car. You have to wait one year. It takes. Wait one year, yeah. Oh, it's not too bad. I mean, listen, guys out there, listen to the podcast. Go hit the hills, hit the hit the <laughs> Alps, and look for these. I mean, I can't believe how many I see these cars that are that are going like crazy. But I know we've been on for a little a little a little while, and uh, I know you're in town just for a little bit. And I'm glad that we got to sit down. And I'm sure. We'll get you back on maybe next time on Skype or something. I know yeah. you you've got to get get moving here, but um, it's I've enjoyed the history that we got to talk about the Heb Mullers. Um, it's a wonderful, you know, they're, they're such a unique and rare car, and it's great that the time and effort that you've put into creating this website. So by all means, guys, if you're out there um, and and you want to see some really cool history on some of this really early Volkswagen stuff. Go to hebmullerregistry.com or you can also check out carmen52.de. That's the website uh, in Germany. Anybody, uh, Klaus, before we wrap up, anybody you wanted to thank for the, their help and stuff out here that's been helping you put all this stuff together? Some of the guys out there that you've been working with? Yes, I, of course. I want to thank um, yeah all my, my team buddies. <laughs> we are really... Um, hard we, we tried really hard to find uh, things about cars numbers to help help owners uh, or common split convertible owners to get their numbers it's really um, sad when you when you buy a rare car and you have no identity yeah? you have no number that's really hard for for the owner and um, it, it is fun to to be in contact with so many people and um, yeah, I want to thank also here the the Hepmuller family. They they open the doors. We 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 make we had last year a very nice Hepmuller meeting in Germany, with a new world record. We had uh, thirty three or thirty four Type fourteen on one place. It's, wow. It was a new record. The old record was twenty nine in Hesse Schaldenhof, two thousand nine. Um, yeah, and we we everybody who has time and wants to help us, he can be part of us. Uh, we have uh, many guys who uh, are very hot in details, welding details or, or, or paperwork. You got a lot of guys that have committed a lot of time and energy to 
resourcing this information yes. so that it can be at everybody's fingertips on the website. We put everything together and um, my my friend Peter Shapen sees uh, the brain. He knows everything about uh, the, the work they did on the metal with which difference Just every every little detail yeah which number has which which metal part here and there it's really crazy yeah and we are uh, happy to have all the old guys back in the boat like bob shale bob gilmore um uh, steve dressler from hong kong mm -hmm. he's also very we, he's really hot in in in, in documents and yeah it makes it makes fun and we make people happy we have fun yeah It's nice. Well, I'm hoping to be able to see your Heb when I'm going to be in Germany in 2021 for... In Hessisch. Hessisch. Also, yes. So I'll be there for that. And uh, by all means, guys, uh, you guys can, can track down uh, Claws Missing. Uh, it's uh, just like it's just sounds just like it's spelled. You can find him on Facebook or you can for sure con connect with him through the Hebmuller Registry and uh, Carmen... Carmen1952.de. Those are the two sites that he's, that he with a team of people put together uh, for the, all this valuable information that's at your fingertips. So, uh, and Klaus with C, yeah, not with K. Yeah, Klaus with C. Yeah, not with K. We we went over that earlier today. So he's schooling me on a, a lot of my German stuff. But man, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate no it. No problem. Thank and, you. And guys, make sure you go out there. Now, can they support you guys anyway? Do you guys sell? Any merchandise on here where they can support that goes to T-shirts or any of that stuff that goes to support, help pay for the website and all that research? Or go to the fund where you guys can have a party. Maybe you guys will <laughs> offer a T-shirt for sale or something coming up. Yeah, we have some stuff, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, if you guys want some cool stuff and some rare and unique things, man, uh, definitely go on go on the, uh, the registry and get some of these cool things. There's some hats and stuff that you can get. And some shirts support these guys that are out there doing this hard work to get all this information together so you guys don't have to go to swap meets and spend six, seven, eight months, five years collecting information. They put it all right at your fingertips. So don't forget, guys, hebmuller-registry.com and carmen1952.de. So, Klaus, I can't, I can't thank you enough for coming. Thanks. All right. It was fun. Thank you. You got it, man. Bye. Bye. Station wagon to have a problem.